the hands of the Lord. But I think we can anticipate the hands of God to be displayed on our behalf uh, time and again, and uh, how the Lord would show his power, how the Lord would show his might, how he would give his mercy. Amen. Brother Perkins taught a, a wonderful lesson this morning on faith and, and justice, or love and justice, mercy and justice. There we go. I was paying attention. <laughs> And uh, the verse of scripture in Micah that says, love, mercy. We, you, usually love and mercy are mentioned as, as nouns, as subjects. But in that verse, the action of love, mercy. Oh my. I'm thankful that's what God does for us. Amen. And many, many times I don't deserve it. And I know you don't deserve it. <laughs> Because we're human, and we're people. And oh, I'm so thankful that the Lord loves mercy, and he extends that to us. And his hand, as I, I want to show you for a short while here today, how that has demonstrated his love and mercy. So we'll go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, and uh, we'll look at verse 29. And, uh, and 31. Praise God. Mark Conway, do you look up and wonder if somebody's calling you when the book of Mark is mentioned? <laughs> All right, verse 29. Forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. So here's a crowd now coming into the house. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now imagine that. you got a whole bunch of guests in your home, and you're not feeling very well. In fact, you're bedridden. That's how bad it is. Here come all these guys marching in to your house. What are you going to do? And then Jesus. Mm. I'm so thankful he can enter into our homes, into our needs, into our situations, and take care of it as only he can. Sometimes physical healing, sometimes emotional healing, sometimes spiritual help, sometimes mental help. Amen. The devil loves to depress. He loves to oppress. Amen. And uh, thank God the Lord knows how to deal with that, too. He's a great God. Amen. I'm so thankful that's who we're serving. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Let me back up way into the Old Testament and look at the Israelites in their exodus from Egypt and how Moses recounts their escape. And uh, he does so in a form of a question. In Deuteronomy 4 and 34, I think it would be good to, to have that verse up because there's uh, several things that Moses is pointing out here of um, how they came out and how God displayed his great power. 
Deuteronomy 4.34, Hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation? That's going to happen in the rapture, isn't it? That's going to happen when the Lord calls us out of this world. Amen. Because he declared you're a holy nation. And uh, we're living in a nation that's not very holy. And displays it again and again with their uh, treatment of life. We dedicated that little baby and how special that is. That's not recognized by and large in our society. Lots of different things that are going on. But the Lord is going to take a nation from the midst of another nation, just like he did Israel out of Egypt. And look what he did. By temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, or another translation says, awesome deeds, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. You are all witnesses of that, Moses is reminding them. You all saw what took place. You saw the great Pharaoh, the most powerful ruler of the greatest civilization in the world at that time. You saw how God humbled him and how eventually he had to agree that the Israelites were going to be free. He offered four compromises. I think of how the devil wants to compromise your commitments. Say, oh, it's okay for you to do this much, but don't, don't get carried away. Don't go overboard. Don't feel like you've got to be 100% committed. Just, uh, you know, kind of go along, and it'll be all right. No, like the Pharaoh offered his compromises. Uh, you know, you can, uh, if I can remember them, you, you, you men can go, but leave your families. You all can go, but leave your flocks. You know, he was, he was agreeing to a, an extent, but then holding them back until finally he said, go, leave, remove yourselves. And then he chased after them with his army, and you know the rest of the story. But all of this that the Lord declared and showed forth, Deuteronomy 6 and 21 mentions a mighty hand. A mighty hand. We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Important to let the next generation know what God has done. Praise God. And not just from the book we call the Bible. And that's full of miracles, full of deliverance, full of situations that have shown God's power. But praise God, one generation needs to let the next generation know what it feels like to have his hand heal, to have his hand deliver, to have his blood cleanse, to have his spirit fill. Praise God. Thank the Lord that there can be that kind of report that is passed on to the next generation because you've experienced it yourself. You can't give what you don't have. Thank God that the power of the Lord can be in your life and pass it on to the next generation as well. God, with a mighty hand, brought deliverance. By signs and wonders, he brought deliverance. Praise God. And thank the Lord we can know that kind of power 
and blessing. Deuteronomy 6 and 23 makes a, uh, an interesting comparison of where the people of Israel were. He brought us out, Moses is declaring to them, reminding them. He brought us out, and they needed to remember. It was a situation of slavery. It was a situation of labor and circumstances that were harsh and that were difficult. He brought us out of where our male babies were thrown into the Nile River. They needed to remember where they were brought from. And then it says, he might bring us in. Praise God. I'm thankful that the Lord has a plan. He has a direction. He has a, a whole lifestyle that he wants to reveal to us to bring us out of sin, bring us out of wrongdoing, bring us out of situations that he would be displeased with, and to bring us into peace, bring us into power, bring us into his presence, bring us into mercy and love and compassion that fails not. It's new every morning. Oh, what a great God we serve, and his mighty hand is able to do that kind of work. Praise God. Now, the disciples, uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves there, not because he's going to squash you or squeeze you or smash you, <laughs> any of those kinds of things with judgment, but the mighty hand of God that delivers and can exalt you in due time. In other words, he's, he's exhorting patience when you go through situations that would try you, that would seem to be tearing at you and, and more than you can understand, more than you can comprehend. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Ask for his help. Ask for his goodness. Ask for his blessing. Praise God. And the mighty hand of God will be there to lift you up. Amen. Not exalt in the sense that everybody will know your name, there'll be praise, you're on the headlines and all of that sort of thing, but lift you up above sin, above disappointment, above depression, above discouragement, and bring you into his power and into his presence. What a mighty God and what a mighty hand. Hallelujah. Because of the blessings that would be there. And these things will not last. Problems, troubles, difficulties not going to last. The Lord will bring you through. He'll bring you out so he can bring you in. <laughs> Praise God. And we're going to keep walking with him and know the blessings that are there. Now, the mighty hand of God can bring judgment as well. We saw in, in uh, the 10 plagues that came upon Egypt and the humbling of the Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth at that time. And we've got to determine in our hearts, we're going to avoid the mighty hand of judgment. I look at Paul as he was preaching to Sergius Paulus, hearing the gospel for the first time. And Elimus, the sorcerer, the false prophet, was trying to hinder, trying to stop, trying to hold back. And Paul finally had enough. Finally recognized he's not going to change. All the mercy that I'm trying to extend, all the compassion I'm trying to tell about, all of the love I'm trying to declare, he's simply re uh, avoiding it. He's simply uh, trying to keep Sergius from receiving it. And finally, Paul said, The hand of the Lord be upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. I don't want to hear that kind of judgment. I don't want to move in that realm. 
where uh, the Lord's going to judge me. No, I, I want to move into the realm of his blessing and his power and, and his goodness. And this guy, Limus, had to reach out for somebody immediately had to reach out for somebody to guide him, somebody to help him because a mist and a darkness came upon him. The mighty hand of God. Oh, no, how much better it is to have the hand of God displayed in mercy and in power. And so Mark's telling us about this situation that we read. And they enter into Simon Peter's house, his brother Andrew, and his mother-in-law, and the text is not well. She's not feeling good. She's not... Uh, she's not able to get up and accommodate her guests. Now, up to this point, we know Jesus' hands have handled material like wood and stone. He has a carpenter by trade. Uh, up to this point, Jesus' hands have ministered to his siblings. He's the oldest in his household as far as children. And so he's going to offer help uh, to his mom and dad. And, uh, and, and just step in and take care. Those of you who are the, the oldest in your family, as far as children, you know what was, you were called upon to do. <laughs> Fair or unfair, uh, you had to lend a hand. And I imagine that Jesus stepped right in and did that sort of thing as well. But now, now, the situation is going to become even more powerful, even more caring, even more amazing. Praise God. And we read how he reached out to take uh, her hand, and she was healed immediately. And she arose and ministered uh, to Jesus and the, the other men who were there as well. Praise God. I'm thankful the Lord demonstrated his power like that. Now, this is just the beginning of what we see in the Gospels, how his hand was extended, how his hand healed, how his hand ministered. I think about uh, Mark's account in Mark 5 and 23 and uh, how Jairus is there and he's uh, uh, pleading with the Lord. He besought him greatly. He's saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. She had not died as yet. We know his servants are going to appear and say, trouble not the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. And uh, how the grief must have slammed into him at that time. But here he is declaring, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. His faith was great. His need was great. His situation was drastic. He was pleading with the Lord to make the journey to his home and uh, to do the miraculous work. But then there was divine delay. The crowd, uh, the woman who pressed through the crowd in her weakness, uh, in her 12 years of uh, suffering and uh, spending all the money she had but not getting any better at all, remedy after remedy, doctor after doctor, and uh, things just got worse. But she thought, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, can you imagine the faith that would make that statement? Just the hem of his garment, that's all I need. I don't need him to put his hand on me. I don't need him to recognize me. I don't need to, him to call me by name, even though the Lord could do all of that, and eventually he did. <laughs> Amen. Her faith, immediately she was healed. And the Lord said, who touched me? His disciples, look at the crowd, Lord. What do you mean, who touched you? And she came forth. And you know what he called her? 
daughter. Special relationship. Now, you know, look at it. They, they might even have been about the same age. How could he call her daughter? Because remember, the scripture prophesied, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Oh, my. His hand, his blessing, his touch. Praise God. But Jairus is so concerned. Jairus is so upset. He's wondering, don't delay anymore. My, my daughter, please come. Let's go. And Jesus journeyed on saying, be not afraid. Only believe. Through the tumult, through the tears, through, uh, well, there was laughter and jeers when he got there. He said, don't worry, don't worry. But he went into the house, and I'll hurry along here. He took the damsel by the hand, Mark 5, 41, and said unto her, Talithikuma, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, notice now, I say unto thee, in the face of death, in the face of loss, in the face of tears and, and uh, all of the heartache, I say unto thee, arise. Praise God. And oh my, how long did it take? Well, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think the tears stopped. I think there were tears of rejoicing. Praise God. When we got the picture of Brother Mike and he's standing by the fire, <laughs> amen, I, I, I sent the text to, uh, uh, to Josh Herring who had alerted everybody across the nation to pray and his network of, of ministers. And I sent him the text. He's found. He, uh, he's by the fire. He's warming up. He sent me back the text, I can't stop crying. And I wrote him back, you and a whole bunch of others. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful that they were tears of joy now. There were hugs of that little girl, 12 years old. Praise God. And the blessings of the Lord that came because his hand, his hand. Amen. Bethsaida was a location uh, in, in Israel. And um, you know, activities, commerce, families, um, greetings, goodbyes, all the things that went on there. But Mark 8, 23, the blind man. The blind man who requested healing. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Now that, that seems kind of cruel. Away from all that he was familiar with. Away from uh, uh, the buildings that he could feel and recognize, okay, I'm, uh, I'm almost to the corner, and, uh, and then I turn right, and I, I go to the well, and, you know, you know the, the blind would, would learn to count their steps, would learn smells and, and, um, and uh, different senses that uh, would become more acute because they didn't have sight. But the Lord took them to an unfamiliar area. The Lord took them out of town. Sometimes where the Lord leads you doesn't make sense to you. Sometimes the situation just seems like it's fallen apart. But the Lord put his hands upon him. 
Amen. After he took him away from what was familiar. After, you know, we talk about getting out of your comfort zone. That's what was happening. Because his dependence needed to be totally on the Lord. We have safety nets. We have all kinds of things, you know, that, and, and, and that's good. You've got to be wise. But sometimes the Lord asks you to get out of your comfort zone, and then he's going to show you what his power is, what his blessing is. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. He didn't see clearly after his first touch. Don't be discouraged that, uh, that your prayers and so on don't seem to be answered automatically, and then there it is. Sometimes the Lord wants to, your, your faith to be exercised, to be built up, to be encouraged. Praise God. And, uh, and thank the Lord. He put his hands upon him again. The Lord didn't say, oh, well, that's the best I can do. You have to get along, I guess. Put his hands on him again. Why? To show him. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't fade away. Let your faith become strong. Praise God. And oh, the blessings of the Lord were there. The, ma the man looked up. He was restored. He saw everybody clearly because the hand of the Lord was touched him again. Oh, I'm a, I, I hope my faith is going to keep holding on. Amen. Lord, you, you brought me this far. Lord, you blessed me this much, and I'm so thankful. But I need another touch. Praise God. And trust the Lord to do that kind of work. The boy that was tormented by the demon, he was afflicted since he was a child. You know, the devil seeks to destroy. That's why he has addictions. That's why he has all, all of these different afflictions, all of these different problems and so on. And uh, the poor father uh, explained to the Lord, oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And he pleaded with the Lord, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And he was talking to the one who could do everything. He was talking to the one who had power over demons and over death and, and over disease. Praise God. And the Lord could do the work. And the spirit came out of that little boy. Left him looking like he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand. Praise God. Lifted him up. And the Bible says he arose. He came back to life. There was no more torment, no more affliction, no more being thrown into the fire or into the water, no more tendencies for destruction, but peace. Praise God. Calm, comfort, blessing, strength, because he knew the touch of the hand of the Lord. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful that the Lord's blessing is there and his strength is good and his power is wonderful. Amen. And there are those, uh, you, you, you look at Saul of Tarsus, who eventually became Paul. He's on the road to Damascus. He's not, he's not on his way to a vacation. He's not on uh, taking a, a little trip just so he could uh, go to the library at Damascus or um, he could do any of the other things that perhaps might be done on a, on a vacation trip. No, he's breathing out threatenings and slaughter. 
He doesn't like the people who were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He doesn't like the people who have been filled with the Spirit of God. He thinks they're disruptive. He thinks they're destructive to the law. He thinks they're stepping away from that which he has raised, raised in and cherished and Gamaliel has taught him and all of these aspects that are there. And suddenly, a bright light shone down upon him and knocked him down into the dust and smit him with blindness. Hmm. Now what? Three days of prayer. Three days of fasting. Three days of reaching out to the Lord. Because he heard an astonishing statement when he asked, Who art thou, Lord? He heard, I am. He knew that meaning. He was well aware of Exodus 3.14 and the Lord declaring out of the bush to Moses, I am that I am. And now to hear I am Jesus, totally against what he was believing. Completely against what he understood the law to say. But Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. And they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. Praise God. And then different ones leading him, different ones helping him until Ananias showed up and affirmed the Lord, even Jesus, who appeared to you in the way, has called me to come and lay my hands on you, and you're going to receive your sight, and you're going to receive the Spirit. Praise God. Don't you know Saul of Tarsus was so thankful, so thankful for what the Lord would done. And there were others who took him by the hand. There was, besides Ananias, there was Barnabas, there was John Mark, there was Silas, there was Luke. In other words, there was the church who took him by the hand. They, they knew him as an enemy. They knew him as a persecutor. They knew him as an executor. But now he's a brother. Praise God. Oh, what tremendous change the touch of the Lord can make in a person's life. I'm so thankful for the hand of the Lord. Amen. Jesus walked on the water. The disciples' reaction was one of fear. They thought it was a spirit. You know, some things that are out of the ordinary for us, we're not sure how to react. We're not sure what to think. And most of the time, our reaction is one of fear. Because we're not, not familiar. And, 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 and so uh, that, that was their reaction. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You know the translation I'm reading now through, uh, reading the Bible through the year, the New Living Translation, each of these instances, it translates it, I am. And then a little note at the end of the chapter will say, see Exodus 3.14. <laughs> Praise God. Know who it is that comes to you in the midnight hour. Know who it is that comforts you and gives you encouragement, gives you strength, and whispers into your heart, Praise God. He's the I Am. Praise God, the powerful, wonderful Lord. Now, this is when Peter said, Bid me to come unto you. Lord just said, come. 
Peter stepped out of the boat. Boats that he was familiar with, boats that he had fished out of, boats that he made his livelihood from, onto the water that he knew was not stable. Not to be stepped on. Stepped in, but not stepped on. And he walked. He walked to the Lord. Amen. And we know the story. He took his eyes off the Lord. He saw the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. Lord, save me. Nothing eloquent, nothing fancy, nothing all flowery, and got to get a dictionary out to understand what he's saying. Lord, save me. I'm thankful that's how God responds to us as well. Amen. I don't have to impress him. I don't have to increase my vocabulary. Oh, Lord, save me. I need you. Help me. Direct me. Lift me up. Bless me. Strengthen me. Praise God. What did the Lord do? Grab him by the hair and drag him back to the boat. No. <laughs> Took him by the hand. And they walked back both to the boat. What were those other disciples doing? Their eyes are about popping out of their heads. Their mouth hanging down. Walked on the water? <laughs> That's the power of the hand of the Lord, isn't it? Things become unstable. You feel like you're sinking. You feel like things are overwhelming you. Reach out for his hand. Praise God. I'm thankful that he's there. His power and his blessing are there. Amen. John had seen such incredible things in his walk with the Lord. He's one of the ones on the Mount of Trans what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw the glory of the Lord. He saw Peter or, or uh, Moses and Elijah. He heard Peter say, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> the fishermen. Sailing to the carpenter, let's build. Well, <laughs> he was overwhelmed. Now, remember, he, he's, he's uh, I'm trying to hurry. He, he's, in, he, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He, he's, uh, he, he's on a prison island. He's working in a salt mine. The worst criminals of the empire are there. And the, the Lord is there. Praise God. I hope I'm never in those circumstances. But if I am, I can trust the Lord. Or whatever circumstance I'm in, or you're in. You can be in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Praise God. And the power is there. So he heard the voice. He turned to see. And oh my, what he saw. It's Revelation 1 now. And he's overwhelmed. He, 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 he's, he, he's just completely amazed at what he saw and what he heard. And he was overwhelmed and he fell at his feet as though he was dead. The Lord didn't just shake his head and walk away. He laid his right hand on him. Praise God. Fear not. I am he. Praise God. Dead, alive keys. Mm. Praise God, the power of the Lord. I'll quickly go to the end of Revelation. 
And John describes the situation where the multitudes are in his presence and the hands again, the hands that are nail-scarred, the hands that John could remember as he stood at the foot of the cross. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there. And the suffering Savior says, Behold your mother. Behold your son. That image that John could not forget, that hand nailed to the cross, bruised, bloody. I don't imagine the soldier was accurate every time that mallet hit that spike. I imagine it hit the hand, hit the wrist, hit the fingers. Looked awful. John could remember that. But now, now, nail-scarred hand is reaching out, wiping away tears. God shall wipe away every tear. I want to be there. Praise God. Because I've cried, you've cried. Tears have run down our face. Tears of joy, yes. But lots of times, tears from the trials. Tears from the tests. Tears from the heartaches. Tears from the loss. Tears of repentance. Tears of telling the Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. Please forgive me. Please change me. And thank God he does. Amen. Oh, I'm so thankful for his touch in our lives. I'm thankful that I, I know firsthand <laughs> for myself that he can steady, he can strengthen, he can guide, he can direct. I need to, I need to reach for his hand. David... I'm sure many, many times he talked about the hands of the Lord, but, but he, he, he declared one time, when my heart is overwhelmed, that happens a lot, doesn't it? When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I don't need something that's you know, just going to be empty. I don't need to reach for a can or a pill or whatever. I don't need to reach for those things. I need to reach for a rock that is higher. Praise God. He's going to lift me up. He's going to stabilize me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to deliver me. I don't need to stay in the mess. I don't need to stay in the things that aren't satisfying, aren't peaceful, aren't comforting, aren't helpful. No, I need to be lifted higher. Praise God to be strengthened in the Lord. And, uh, and I don't need to wait until I'm overwhelmed either. I don't need to wait for the storm. I don't, I don't need to wait for the difficulty. I need to be strengthened in his presence all the time. Amen. Be reaching for his hands again and again. Thank the Lord. And I'm thankful he'll lift us up. Praise God. He'll lift us out of the storm. He'll lift us out of the test. He'll lift us out of the difficulty, amen, into his power and into his presence. He taught us to pray, deliver us from evil. Amen. His hand will do that. Would you stand with me?
thank you so much for staying attentive and being a part of a special uh, time with Isaac and Kim. Thank you for uh, praying. Thank you for rejoicing in, in the reports of victory. But now, now, you may need his hand. You may need his touch. And he is here for you. Yes, he is. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil delay it. I've had the devil trick me like that. Not going to happen this service. It's going to happen the next service. Liar. <laughs> I need to believe now, Lord. I need your hand. Now, Lord, I need your strength. Today, Lord, right here, I need you to lift me up. Praise God. And thank God he responds to our faith. He does. Would you come? Whatever your need, whatever your situation, whatever you require, <clears throat> I'm thankful that our God is able to minister to those needs. He's able to provide by his power. He's able to bless by his spirit. He's able to help by his hand. Oh, my. <laughs> We've seen God do it again and again. We've seen God do it over and over. We've seen God step into circumstances that seemed absolutely impossible. But God showed his hand again. Hallelujah. I think we ought to give him praise right now. I think we ought to give him thanks right now. And praise God and his power and his blessing that we need. Hallelujah. Go ahead and worship the Lord here for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh Lord, we bless your name. Oh Lord, we give you glory. Hallelujah.